0: Guys, what's going on, man? Welcome back to another episode of our ESL podcast. And like I told you in the previous podcast, we were going to get into an additional listening. Now, remember, I gave you a one-minute listening in terms of tablets being within the classroom. Now, this is the expanded. It's gonna go from being one minute to six minutes. And then we're going to have a thorough discussion of this as well as questions on my blog. So make sure you check that out. I know a lot of you from the Czech Republic and other wonderful countries out there, you guys are putting in a lot of work, um, and you're actually going onto my website. Do not worry, especially um, this upcoming, because I have a lot of time coming up during the Christmas break. I'm going to make a beautiful website for you guys, a lot of clickable things, PDFs. Hopefully, you guys will be able to download and print out different episodes uh, and you know different blogs. That would be just amazing. And so, guys, with that being said, I'm so excited about all these wonderful, uh, you know, perks and stuff that I will be adding to enhance your learning. So, guys, let's listen to this discussion. I'm excited about it. Of course, I'm going to have a lot of opinions because I'm not a teacher. I'm a trainer. I'm a speaker. I'm an inspirer. I'm a motivator. I'm a guy that keeps it real. (laughs) What does that mean, keeps it real? A lot of you have heard that in movies, of course. You guys have asked me, hey, what does keep it real mean? That means keep it 100. Well, what does keep it 100 mean? That's very urban English, okay? I'm not gonna say that's ghetto because I do believe that's a stereotype. I don't like that word. It's urban, meaning it's within the inner cities. So people who are like, hey, what's up, man, this, that, they inherit this type of language. So keep it 100 means be honest. (laughs) In formal English, could you please be honest? Or in, in urban English, Hey, man, you better keep it 100. (laughs) Oh, I miss my people. Anyways, all right, guys, let's get into this. And again, if the audio goes out, it's because my MacBook sucks. It's because Apple sucks. And Catalina is still a completely fragmented uh, 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 update. And they haven't even improved it. Good job, guys. (laughs) Nonetheless, let's get into this. First, got to turn this uh, good old speaker on. I wish I could just record it directly from what is going on here. Okay, so, again, questions are located on my blog, so let's listen to this.
1: You know, at that meeting, that's what she said. Here we go. Or, all we've heard is that they've decided we're going to be teaching on tablets from now on. Is that right? It seems like a strange decision, especially. I'm sorry, is that decided? I was given the impression that we were going to be consulted. At the meeting, that's what she said. You know, at that meeting, that's what she said. I've been working here for 15 years. Many of us have. Surely we're going to have a say in what happens. Can you give us an assurance about that? Right. Yeah, well, you are being consulted as the change happens. That's why I'm here, to set up that process. I mean, it's a very exciting time and your management wants to make sure it's done right with all of your valuable input,
2: of course. Uh, John, question. Okay, so can you tell us what's actually going to happen for sure? Right now, it's all rumor. Um, Are we going to have to start again, make new materials, get rid of our books and presentation notes? So much effort has gone into making these. I mean... Are there going to be any limitations on this change or, more likely, as Jill and HR agrees, is everything going to be changed?
1: No, John, that's not going to happen. But as I said, this transition is exciting. You should see it as an opportunity, helping you all to work together to lead this college through an important transformation into a completely technologically (laughs) integrated environment. That's where the future of education lies.
2: And you will be at the heart of transition. It's very exciting. Okay. Sorry, Max. You keep saying it's exciting, but that's not how I, we, see it, to be honest. (laughs) It's not a subtle change you're proposing. You're saying we're going to have to sacrifice years of work. And for what? We already use some technology, and I don't even like these devices. They just distract the students, in my opinion. I enjoy the way we work with the students. I don't see the need for change. The students enjoy it, too. Look at the feedback we get.
1: Okay, John, sorry, but please remember, it's not me proposing the change. As I said, I'm here to help manage the transition. We need to accept that it's happening and focus on how we can make that a positive experience. I take your points about how you feel about the way you used to do things, but... We all need to remember that student numbers are down, and a lot of the college's competitors use much more advanced technology, and it's what the marketing team says is wanted. If we persist with the old ways of teaching, we can expect further losses in student enrollment. Now, I do understand that you might feel that work already done could be wasted, and it's true. You'll need to learn some new skills required, otherwise that might happen. But trust me, it'll be okay. Everything you've already done will be useful for sure. Remember this year's conference theme? Uh, was it? But the reality is that all of us have to respond to changes in the world, to the needs of our customers. Our students, you mean? And from what I've seen, and from talking to your manager, I believe that together, you have the capability to take this college to the next level. I'll be honest, it will take some resilience on your part there will be some big changes, even the occasional sacrifice. What do you mean sacrifice? Are some of us gonna lose our jobs? Absolutely not, John. (laughs) Please, I have every assurance that that is the last thing they want. I'm only talking about giving up one or two of the old ways of doing things. It can be a very energizing
2: thing in my experience, but it could happen. Is that what you're implying? Unless we adapt immediately, we're in danger of losing our jobs. If we're seen as reluctant to join in the excitement, people might question why we're here. As long as you're prepared to make a few basic changes, everything will be fine.
1: I can promise you that, and there will be training as you know. Look, I have a chart here showing two possible routes that people take when they make changes. It's basically a choice, your choice. Now, I'm showing you this because I believe that the more you know about how change works, the easier it is to take the better route. From today's session, you ought to understand that the practical outcomes are the same for everyone, but you can get there in better or worse ways. So, it's basically a choice of which route you choose to pursue. Both routes seem to have some problems. There doesn't seem to be any easy path through the change process. Thanks, Eileen. I'm glad someone pointed that out. I think this chart shows that change is not easy for anyone. That's very true, especially when you have very experienced and capable people like yourselves. This means that at some point, people may have to go into survival mode just to get through it. But as you can see, you will come out the other side. Stability will return, I assure you. At the meeting last month, Eileen, you made a similar point, if I remember correctly, and I was impressed by your insight. You clearly understand the complexity of the task.
0: Oh my God, so much to talk about. Um, first and foremost, he sounds like an announcer. He is not looking at it from their shoes. So again, this is what Stephen Covey has talked about in some of his books, right? uh, what is it, the seven habits of highly effective people, you have to be able to look at what they're looking at. See, the way he responds to everyone, it's very fabricated. He keeps saying it's exciting, this, that, new vision, but he's not answering any of their inquiries. You know, um, one of them, you know, talking about sacrifice, and then, are we going to lose our jobs? And he's like, no, absolutely not. And I'm like, that sounds like a yes. <laughs> Honestly, when someone says that, like, like that, absolutely not. Listen, a job is never 100%. That's how it is. Teachers have lost jobs ridiculously out there in America. And that's why there are overcrowdings in classrooms, similar to what's happening right now in Thailand. Um... But if you look at it that way, there needs to be, see me, if I was that specific trainer, coach, whatever he is, (sighs) Mr. Max, you have to say, okay, what are everyone's worries? Okay, do we have to create new material? No. Now, let me give you an example why. He said, oh, well, they're just going to be a little bit, okay, you have to do this, do that, but there's nothing descriptive. There's no example, and that's what scares me, because you have to look at it from their shoes. So before I would even give that type of presentation, I would say, what kind of questions might they have? And I would create slides that relate to everyone's question. Now, not every question will be answered, but if they say, are we going to have to make new material? No, let me give you an example. So for those of you, let's say you're in an English class, raise your hand, okay, boom, English. Check out this slide, so very quickly you would do this, 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 this would take a total time of 34 minutes to create, and also we have a team that will help you create that. See, that's more reassuring, that's better, and that's why, you, you know, and this is why so many teachers are scared, but at the same token, I'm gonna be honest, the technology is needed, absolutely. The competitors, it's all about competition now. Yes, it, it's not about beating your competition, but it's about always constant innovation. So with the mindsets of these specific teachers, it does scare me. It scares me. And you say, why does it scare you? Because they don't want to innovate. And this is why Harvard, from the likes of Harvard to colleges, and junior college, whatever you want to call it, they're trying to play catch up by by releasing some of these courses that they've learned through personal development or through Gary Vee or through all these other small sub niche markets it doesn't work that way you don't have the trust of individuals anymore MIT I don't trust you Harvard I don't trust you Pennsylvania I don't trust you because you're in it for money you're not in it for the real the the the, the, the core genius of an individual and so when these teachers Or saying, oh, well, I don't want to innovate. Well, if you don't innovate, you will lose and lose your job. (sighs) Guys, this is why I don't claim myself to be a teacher anymore. Because a teacher is someone who comes to class, they open a book, they teach directly from a book, and they go home. I'm gonna give you an example. Now, I had two Chinese students. I was teaching them. But a lot of my students, one of my students, she was a gorgeous soul. And she came from a province by the name of Lampang. These people are some of the most sweetest individuals ever. The northern provinces of Thailand, Lampang, Pichy, Peh, uh, Cheng Rai, Chiang Mai, they are the nicest people in Thailand, as opposed to, of course, just... A little bit north of Bangkok, like Rangsit, Thani, Ayutthaya. Those are the most narrow-minded individuals. I don't know why, but that's just how it is. But anyways, going back to her, she told me she's like teacher. I've learned from all of these books. I said what? She said, well, English file. The book is called English file. You have upper intermediate. You have advanced. You have this. You have this. You have this. That specific book I was teaching her from was the only book she didn't learn from. She learned from all of those books. In university. So if she learned from everything, then what am I there to give her? If she paid a ridiculous amount of money, she's probably saying, hey, listen, I'm done with this book. What could you give me? A girl challenged me about a year and a half ago. She's like, Tisha, I don't want to learn from this book anymore. She closed her book. I said, well, I agree. She's like, I learned this already. From the elementary school into high school, everything. Primary, secondary is what they call it in England. I learned from this. What could you give me? And that's why I'm like, dude, I would love to do that. But I'm just doing what they told me to do, unfortunately. But then I had to change a heart then. And that's why they don't give me classes anymore because they kept saying, teach from the book, teach from the book, teach from the book. I'm like, dude, fuck the book. I ain't doing shit from the book. I'm sorry. Give me private students only because I wanna focus on their core genius and who they are as an individual. And that's what I do right now. I have a lot of private students and I focus on their core genius. I implement personal development, soft skills and hard skills into my, into my coaching. And I make them a better individual than what they were when they first came in at, at the beginning of that goddamn session. It's what I do. But if I look at teachers over here, are their jobs at risk? Absolutely. Now, are they going to get fired? Not necessarily. They're just going to say, sorry, we don't have any more work. Are they going to give work to me? Probably not because, of course, I create my own work. That's number one. Number two, it's, it's a color system out here. I'm the second one in the pecking order. Someone else, in a particular group of people, unfortunately, this is how they look at life here in Thailand. They give it to them. But those individuals who just open a book, okay, do this, okay, do this, okay, do this. See, that's called being micro-unhappy. I just talked about that on my personal development podcast just a couple weeks ago. And what is micro-unhappy? Well, micro-unhappy is basically doing something that you don't like to do. Yes. Was I micro-unhappy on Saturdays? Absolutely. Just a few months ago, guys, I was teaching from this book, bu- from a book that was horrific. My students would just sit on their phones. And remember, granted, I work at a language se- center, right? So after a while, I'm like, I'm not teaching from the book anymore. Sorry, guys. And so I do other things because they already learned from a book in school and they it needs to be more engaging. And so I put more engagement in there and I got fine for that. Yeah, I wouldn't say fine, but they said, hey, you need to teach from the book, and they stopped giving me classes. They say, you don't teach from the book. It's my same garbage job that I had two years ago. You don't teach from the book. You don't teach from the book. You don't teach from the book. I'm like, fuck a book. What am I there for? I can learn from a book at home. What can you give me? You see what I mean? And so with saying that, I used to teach little rabbit, you know, very rabbit ass little kids. Seven, eight years old things that they've already learned. They didn't wanna learn English. They don't wanna learn English. Did I feel happy after teaching them? Absolutely not. I felt like I wasted two and a half hours, not because of what I'm giving them, but what I, I'm micro unhappy because I know none of this is really good. They need to be doing things that are engaging on tablets, a classroom on tablets and me explaining. There needs to be an interactive whiteboard. There needs to be, this is what we need to do. And so in regards to this recording, it's it's either in regards to this recording, it's either you innovate or you lose. You innovate or you fail. Blockbuster, if you guys haven't heard, it was a video renting store where you could rent video games and this and that. Then came Netflix and then came iTunes and Blockbuster is now gone forever because they didn't innovate. Teachers must innovate. And that's why I am very innovative. This is probably why you guys listen to my podcast, because I'm not just one of those boring, okay, number one. So in regards to, oh my God, you guys have shut my goddamn podcast down in like two seconds. You guys need something that will give. I need mean, I give you life. That's what you need. And so guys, I want you to just take that with you today. It's a lot to be discussed. It's a lot to be had. and It's a lot to still talk about. But with that being said, man, I hope you guys learned something from me today. Because, again, you have to be willing. You have to be open. And if you're like, oh, we created all those lessons. Yeah, but all those lessons, the same teachers taught that 100 years ago. It needs to be bigger. It needs to be better. And that's why when I did my digital content festival presentation, It was unbelievably amazing seeing some of these app developers come up to me and present themselves like, here, I'm teaching Thai culture from my tablet. Look at this. And I'm like, that is so fascinating. It makes me want to learn about it because it's freaking cool. And that's why people are coming to me for consulting services now, because they know digital AI and putting these into different schools and colleges, it's going to wipe out just about everyone's job. But hey, survival of the fittest. So keep that with you today, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another ESL podcast. I'm your crazy-ass host. Stay tuned for more. Over and out.